Blog Talk Radio. J20. Ray Top 5. Blog Talk Sports Radio. Yes, Ray Top 5. Blog Talk Sports Radio. 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 Frank Top 5 Blog Talk Sports Radio. Frank Top 5 Blog Talk Sports Radio. Frank Top 5 Blog Talk Sports Radio. Frank are you tuned in to the Monday Morning Quarterback Show on Rank Top 5 Sports Talk Network? I am your host, JT Live. Man, on today's show, we got a great one for you. We're going to be talking about Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, Russell Wilson, and Tom Brady of the four remaining quarterbacks left in the final four of the NFL Championship weekend coming up. Man, we're going to see who makes it to the Super Bowl. we got some exciting things to talk about today. Also, new coaches in Buffalo, San Francisco may be up uh, for their coach as well. We'll see what happens. Hey, I'm your host again, JT Live, bringing you one of the hottest sports shows on that. On today's show, we have special guests from Coach and Player Magazine. Writer Chris Frank is going to be in the building. We're going to talk a little NCAA, of course, the national championship title game is up for grabs this evening between Oregon Ducks and the Ohio State Buckeyes. Man, that should be a great football game. Hey, listen, if you want to follow our show, you can follow us on Twitter at Rank Top 5 Sports. You can also go to Facebook and like us, Rank Top 5 Sports Talk Network. Man, make sure you get with the program. We're trying to do some exciting things here um, on our show. But listen, we thank you for listening in. Those people who are listening on demand, big shots out to you too, man. Thank you for listening to the show. Follow us um, as we embark on our sports uh, podcast here. Hey, listen, just want to talk about this past weekend's uh, football games. Man, there were some great things happening. You can see in some of our show notes we talk about has Andrew Luck basically replaced Peyton Manning. And you know, of course, we all know Peyton Manning left the Indianapolis Colts, and Andrew Luck took over. He was the number one draft pick, and the Colts selected him. And I kind of had a feeling this year that Denver just wasn't that team. I mean, Denver just didn't have it. I know Peyton Manning is getting old. It's, you know, it's a spot time for Peyton Manning almost to hang it up. I'm just going to be honest. Arm strength is not the same. He never really had it after the surgeries. But right now, I mean, I think it's time for Peyton Manning to kind of, you know, take it to that, that next level. Maybe retirement, maybe get in their broadcast booth because we know that's where Peyton's going to be uh, once he finishes football. But Andrew Luck, I think, has to plan himself firmly with defeating Peyton Manning in Indianapolis as that guy who has taken over for Peyton Manning. Uh, man, yesterday's game, he was he had a 62% uh, completion rate, 265 yards, two TDs, two interceptions. QBR was 76.2. Decent game, but, not, you know, it, was, it wasn't a great game. Those turnovers, I mean, that's one thing that I see with Andrew Luck. He has to get rid of those turnovers. But the Indianapolis Colts, of course, of course are back in the AFC Championship game. They can take. They can get into the Super Bowl. I mean, this Colts team can beat the Patriots. They can beat the Patriots and Tom Brady. So this is going to be an interesting game. I know that was payback for what happened early on in the season when you saw uh, Indianapolis basically get manhandled at home by Brock uh, Gronkowski and Tom Brady. I mean, they put, basically just put a, a smash mouth type whooping on those guys. So. It should be interesting to see uh, this playoff game. I think that's going to be the most exciting football game 
uh, this weekend, to be totally honest, which I think is going to be very physical. I think the attitudes and everybody's going to just be hyped for that football game. So we'll see what happens. But I like Andrew Luck. He's coming into his own. Pep Hamilton has done a great job down there, the offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts and working with him and bringing him to the next level. Of course, he was with him at Stanford for a couple of years. So, you know, he does know him, and Pep is doing a great job with uh, Andrew Luck. Um, the other quarterback, and this guy is just, I mean, amazing. He's amazing. That's the man called Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this guy is bum, knee, ankle, whatever, calf. He makes no excuses. I love a quarterback that does not make excuses but goes out there and produces. And Aaron Rodgers produces. I mean, this guy yesterday, 316 yards, he was 68%. Uh, completion, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. QBR was 125. I mean, he basically played lights-out football. And, uh, you know, I I don't know. I had Tom Brady as my number one quarterback. and This is my ranking of top two quarterbacks, Joe Montana number one, Tom Brady number two. But you know what? The way Aaron Rodgers is playing football right now, and I'm a Chicago Bears fan, and, you know, I'm not supposed to like the Green Bay Packers, but I have to give credit what credit is due. This guy, Rodgers, is playing some great football. I mean, he's just a winner. You know, you're talking about third down and two and then third down and ten. The cop makes an excellent catch on the third down. The ball is, is tipped in the air. I mean, the guy is tremendous. But he's a leader amongst his teammates. And that's the kind of quarterback that you want on your team. That's the kind of quarterback. Those guys are game changers. And Rodgers has a chance to win another Super Bowl. I mean, he's in the game. He has an opportunity. Of course, they have to go up to Seattle and face the 12th man, but that's going to be difficult. It's going to be tough, but they can win it. It can happen. So when you look at, you know, this whole landscape of quarterbacks, I'm, I'm going to have to reevaluate now. I'm going to have to say, you know, Aaron Rodgers may be that guy that take, that's taking Tom Brady down. I mean, he's going to have to win a couple more Super Bowls. Tom has three. He's been there five times. But I'm, Aaron Rodgers right now is playing, to me, he's playing tremendous football. So big ups to Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson, Seattle quarterback. You know what? I hear people say this guy is a system guy. This guy has a great defense. He has a great running game with him. Stop the baloney. This guy is a good, very, very good young quarterback. He's already got a Super Bowl in his hat. He's playing tremendous football. Tremendous. What was his numbers? He was 68% completion, 268 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. His QBR rating was 149. The guy is clicking on all cylinders, has been all season. He's overcome some adversity with his teammates. You know, he had the thing with Percy Harvin. They got rid of Percy Harvin. They don't like cancers in Seattle, so they got rid of those guys. I mean, this this, this is just tremendous, his play. And I know he has a stout defense. Cam Chancellor, we'll talk about him in just one moment. But he has a stout defense that plays, you know, extremely well. And doesn't he doesn't put his team in bad positions with a lot of turnovers? Very disciplined. And this guy, I think he's like what nineteen and one against the top guys, quarterbacks. That includes Rodgers, Luck, Brady, Peyton. Guy's a beast. I know he has beast mode in the back, but he is a beast of a quarterback. Third round draft pick, and and that's to say he will be the highest paid quarterback next year. No question about it. Russell Wilson will be the highest-paid quarterback. You're going to have to pay the man. Like Deion Sanders says all the time, pay the man. You're going to pay him. 
You got to pay Russell Wilson. He's going to get paid. So get ready, people. The guy, all he does is win. And that's why I like results. I don't want to hear excuses and, oh, he's a system guy. He can play in any system. Russell does what he's asked to do. He's asked to run the football. He's just not one of those quarterbacks that just scrambles just because rushing is part of a part of his game. And a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that. Oh, well, he's a runner. Uh, Andrew Luck can scramble. Andrew Luck is not asked to run in football games. He's not asked to do that as a part of his offense. He's asked to pass the ball. Russell Wilson is asked to run and pass. He's a dual-threat quarterback. And as a former football player, college football player that is, the dual-threat quarterbacks were the most dangerous quarterbacks. Those are the guys that you just you just did not want to have to deal with, okay, just to be totally honest with you. You didn't want to have to deal with dual-threat quarterbacks. Nobody wants to do that. You, it's too much responsibility. It's too much work. So big ups to him, and, and I, he's going to get that payday. So you just look out for that. He is going to get that big payday coming soon. Russell Wilson paid out the wide zoo. Okay. Then my guy, of course, and I have to say it, my guy, Tom Brady, he's still, you know, I like Rodgers, like what Rodgers is doing so far. But my number two quarterback outside of Joe Montana is Tom Brady. Let's see what his numbers were. 66% completion, 367 yards, three touchdowns, one of the sessions. QBR was 99.3. I mean, all the guy does is just win football games as well. And he's kept that franchise relevant for the past, what, you know, 10, 12 years uh, the New England Patriots have been uh, that team. I can remember uh, as a Bears fan watching the Patriots get demolished uh, by the Chicago Bears in the Super Bowl, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I wouldn't want to be you know, part of the Patriots it wouldn't have that, the way we demolished them. But look at the Patriots organization since. Bill Belichick has kept that team alive. They've developed a winning culture, of course. And a lot of people say, well, they haven't won a Super Bowl in years, but they've been there, and they're in the playoffs, and they're relevant. Tom Brady just knows how to win. He knows how to win with less. You know, in Chicago, you have Jay Cully. He has all those weapons, Bennett, Jeffries, you know, and, and, and all those Forte. He has weapons in Chicago. But Tom Brady doesn't have those weapons like that, not those household names that you always hear. But he steady produces. And he's steady with. It could be a different cast of characters every year. And he's still going to win. I mean, I can put my grandmother out there. He throw passes to her and win games. I mean, this is just ridiculous. So this guy wins, and, and there's a formula to that. So, you know, big ups to Tom Brady. He's been doing well, and he's going to continue to do well. And that's going to be a game. You know, luck versus luck versus Brady. We're going to see what happens. Wilson versus Rodgers. You know, it sounds like a law firm going on there. But it's going to be a great football weekend. Um, I think there are going to be a few keys to the game. We'll talk about that later on in the week. Uh, we'll have some other guests on uh, on this Friday and Saturday morning as, as we move into uh, getting closer to that Super Bowl um, uh, run. But I want to talk also about the most valuable key performances of uh, last week, and, and one that stands out to me, and I, I think it's, you know, without question, Cam Chancellor, safety, you know, for the um, – for the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, come on. This guy's a throwback safety. You know, these safeties today, you know, they got a little soft a little bit, you know, with the way they hit and things like that. This guy, Cam Chancellor, is a beast. He is 
arguably the best defensive player on that team. People talk about Richard Sherman and all that old kind of stuff. Sherman's okay. But Cam Chancellor is that guy. He's the man that brings it. I mean, you saw that 90-yard uh, interception return. You know, you saw some of the hits that he was doing. You know, he was putting on people out there. The guy does nothing but produce. He did it, he did it last year. He's doing it this year. You guys in for a big payday. I wish, as a Chicago Bear fan, I want to say this. Chris Conti, of course, people in Chicago and probably around the country that's seen some of the abuse that our safeties have taken. Chris Conti, hang your jersey up. Go take your jersey. Take it off. Walk off the football field and say you never want to play football again. Because you see a guy like Cam Chancellor playing ball, hey, you it's just no question. He is a football player. One of the best out there, actually the best. I would say he's the best safety in football right now. You know, you had Ed Reed uh, at Baltimore. He was a great one. You know, you had some in the past. He had, of course, he had Kenny Easley, who was a top safety back in, in the day, Ronnie Lott. He's in that genre of guys. I'm going to right, put him in there with the Ronnie Lott, the Kenny Easleys, and, and some of those guys, the Steve Atwater types. Cam Chancellor is right up there with them. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to pee off a lot of Chicago fans, but that defense in Seattle is it's almost wildering that 85 Bears. It's just about to touch it. It's putting a little touch on it, okay? Because these guys are, are on all cylinders playing really good football, and they're very disciplined. They study the game. These guys are students of the game. And that's what makes it so great. They study the game. They stick together. They don't allow any foolishness on the outside. They play with that cockiness, which I love. And, of course, I wasn't a fan of Pete Carroll when he was at USC. But guess what? Pete Carroll has that formula to winning. He knows that success formula. He knows how to relate to the players and to the young players. And he's got a lot of guys who people didn't want. They were castoffs. But I want to see how they're able to keep Cam Chancellor and Russell Wilson. Russell's going to break – he's going to break the bank. And then Beast Mode's there as well. So will Beast Mode get his cash? I don't know. It's going to be a tough one to uh, to kind of see, you know, coming up and, and how that works, you know, moving forward. But, hey, I'm your man, JT Live. You tuned into the Monday Morning Quarterback Show on Ranked Top 5 Sports Talk Network. Man, we have a special guest that's going to be in the building in just a second. I'm going to bring him in. Chris Franklin from Coaching Player Magazine is going to be talking about the upcoming NCAA National Championship game between the Oregon Ducks and the Ohio State Buckeyes. It's going to be a great game. I'm happy. I'm glad Alabama's not in. But I don't care about the Bama fans down there. I'm in Chicago. We don't care about what goes on. It's Big Ten country up here. Okay? Don't care what happens down south. Only care what happens in the Big Ten. And I'm glad Ohio State is in. I'm saying it. I'm going to give my prediction right now because we're going to get Chris's prediction later on. I'm saying it right now. Ohio State's going to win a national championship, period. Okay? I'm calling it. I'm not pulling. I'm not holding on to anything. I'm saying what it is. I always thought the SEC was overrated anyway. ESPN is the hype man for the SEC conference. I said it. I put it out there. So in just one moment, we're going to bring my man Chris Franklin into the building. We'll talk about that, of course. Again, you can like us on Twitter at Rank Top 5 Sports. Like our Facebook page, Rank Top 5 Sports Talk Network. Tell your friends about it. Uh, we'll be back here this Wednesday at a special time at 10 p.m. Uh, we have a special show for our Chicago audience for the most part, Rank Top 5 Sports Talk Chicago 24-7. We'll be talking about all things Chicago um, in our 30-minute uh, podcast show. Now, 
couple of tidbits before we get our guest in. Rex Ryan is uh it looks like he's gonna be the new head coach of the Buffalo Bills. Also, Ty Bowles, uh, defensive coordinator and coach for the uh, Arizona Cardinals, uh, will be having his second interview with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. So that's looking, you know, it's, just, it's looking like that's going to be uh, the deal for the most part. So we'll see what happens. But now, without further ado, I'm going to bring my man Chris Franklin into the building. Chris, what's going on, man? Glad to have you back on the show. How are you feeling this Monday? Hey, Jeff, doing great, and uh, thank you very much for having me back on here. Excited about uh, tonight's college football game. Man, tell me now, I, you know what? This is the first one so far, and I, I, I want to know what your thought about the entire process and how everything uh, has turned out so far with the college football playoff system. Well, Coming from what it had been beforehand with the BCS, I think that the playoff was a welcome change that college football needed. I think there's still, just like anything that's new, there's still some flaws that need to be worked out. Uh, I think the committee kind of did the Big 12 wrong by uh, ranking TCU kind of high there, ranking number three and then having them drop out. But I think that the fact that you're letting the teams play it out on the field as opposed to letting the computer decide who should be the top two teams I think that was the right way to go. And look at the matchup we have now between Oregon and Ohio State. Was, I know it's been stated beforehand that the BCS uh, computers had picked it, that it would have been uh, Florida State and Alabama, and we saw what happened last week. So there's still um, – it was a good playoffs, a good idea. There's still some room to grow, though. Yeah, you know, and I was on – I had another show this past weekend, and I was talking about, you know, the maybe the addition of maybe eight teams – you know, because I, I I looked at the conference championship games and then you had the Power Five conferences, and I, I looked at it sort of like the NCAA tournament for basketball. I mean, I, I thought if you if you win your uh, conference championship game, then to me you should automatically get a bid, especially if you're playing against the Alabama. You know, if you're Missouri and you beat Alabama, it would make sense that you would go to the title game or, uh, I'm sorry, get into the playoffs. Um, I didn't think that there was much of a buy-in for a team that wasn't ranked in the top four in those conference championship games. I thought there needed to be a little bit more of an incentive, like uh, with the example of Ohio State pretty much destroyed Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game. So what's the buy-in for Wisconsin to really play, you know, hard in that game other than, you know, hey, we're going to go to a major bowl, but, you know, we need to be able to get to the title game. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I personally, I think there should be a, this may sound weird, but I personally think there should be a 12-team playoff where, in fact, you have all 10 conference champions. If you want to be a true college football championship, you shouldn't exclude certain conferences. There's still some great football that's played down there in the so-called Group of Five with the American with the Mountain West, and, heck, we saw Conference USA had a great bowl season as well, too. I'd say have all mm-hmm. ten conference uh, champions play in there. Then you have the two wild cards from other teams that they're able to play in. Say if you had your uh, – this year would have been Ohio State. I'm sorry, they won the big album. Say if you had your Wisconsin and maybe a, T- and a TCU. And then that way you have you let everybody else play it out there on the field and then everybody eliminates themselves and then be able to have a, a true – college football champion by having exactly 12 teams in there. You have enough time in between right. season ends to a bowl, to a bowl games actually play, so why not? Right. 
Right. And I'm sure Virginia Tech is sitting pretty themselves. Being seen that they're the only team that defeated Ohio State, I know that if Ohio State wins this game, uh, that they will be looking, you know, pretty good. They can always boast with the only team that beat the national champions. So that that would be uh, that would be a, a pretty much nugget on their season for the most part. But I want to talk about Ohio State really quick. I'm really impressed with Urban Meyer and and what he's been able to do with that team down to the third-string quarterback. Cardell Jones is starting. Of course, Braxton Miller was uh, hurt, and T.J. Bear, of course, went out. Talk to me about Ohio State, man. How have they been able to persevere with a third-string quarterback? Even in Pee Wee High School, a little, I've never seen a third-string quarterback do what these guys have been able to do with their team. Well, they've adopted the whole next-man-up philosophy, which a lot, which you, you hear a lot, but they've actually really believed into it. I think Urban Meyer has done a great job instilling – as a whole team getting behind Cardell Jones. I mean, Erwin Meyer, he's done, I think Erwin Meyer's done the best job out of all the coaches. He deserves to be coach of the year. I mean, if you look at the fact that he's taken, he's taken Cardell Jones, he took him, gave him a couple weeks to prepare against Alabama's defense. They, he really took, elevated them to a point that he was able to beat them. He built them through the Costa Carajord situation where unfortunately he took his own life. He's taken mm-hmm. all those situations and been able to direct his team to this point where they're at right now. I think that Cardell Jones has been played within himself. He's not he's they're not asking him to go ahead and be a Marcus Mariota type where he can lead the team by himself directly mm-hmm. off of his arm. He's mixing up with his legs and his arm as well too, so that's why I think he's been successful so far. Yeah. Hey, listen, you tuned into the Monday morning quarterback show. On Rank Top Five Sports Talk Network, I got my man Chris Franklin in the building, writer for Coaching Player Magazine. He's in the house. He's talking, he's talking the NCAA national championship. He's giving us his breakdown. Uh, just talked about Ohio State. What's your thoughts on, on Marcus Mariota and Oregon? I mean, what's what's that going to look like? Uh, you know, I I'm, I like Oregon. I just thought that Florida State pretty much beat themselves in that football game. Uh, they couldn't get into the end zone when they were in the red zone. And it, too many turnovers. You're not going to win anything with when you turn the ball over, you know, five or six times. It's just not going to happen. They'll make you pay. Oregon made them pay. What's your thoughts on the Ducks? I think Ducks are a very strong team. Um, coming out, what I thought was the toughest conference this year. I heard you beforehand with the SEC. I think the Pac-12 was definitely the toughest conference overall this year with the talent they have. And the Ducks were able to survive it. Um, it's going to hurt. I think Mariota is the real deal when it comes to quarterback. He possesses the true dual threat using his legs and also has a decent enough arm to make all the throws that are necessary. Now, the one thing that are de- that's definitely going to hurt the Ducks this, this game is a loss of Darren Carrington, which in my terms was the, one of the most idiotic things to come going into a championship game with him failing a drug test. I think that I think you saw in that last game against Florida State, seven catches, 165 yards, and two touchdowns. He, and he replicated that performance towards the end of the year. More, more and more, you start to look at that. That's a big target you lose. But what you'll see is that Oregon should be able to go ahead and uh, and basically pretty much use your running backs, use your tight ends, and be able to make up for the loss. And I think you definitely should look at Evan Bayless this game. Quarterback's best friend. See if if Ohio State gets pressure on him. Quarterback's best friend is going to be his tight end. So definitely look at Evan Bayless to actually pretty have a decent game today. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened. Somebody, I, I, I'd say this, somebody must have called on the guy and, and told him he was smoking some weed or whatever because that, that's rare. <laughs> God, I'm just saying, somebody had, somebody had to put a call in, maybe a girlfriend, he upset if something happened. 
But, you know, that that's rare that you see that happen. But, you know, he laid his bed and just living it, and it's going to cost his team. Unfortunately, you know, they, they're not going to have an um, – they're going to be without him this game, and how does that affect them? I, I personally, I mean, and I said this earlier, I, I think for for some of the keys, you know, to this game, I think Ohio State, in order for Ohio State to win this game, um, you know, their, their skill positions are going to have to play big, like they've been playing throughout, you know, the season for the most part. Um, I, I think uh, Cardell Jones is going to have to be, do what he's doing now, play within himself and not try to be a superstar, not try to make, you know, exceptional passes, do anything outside of what he can do. And I think that's going to be the key to Ohio State winning. I think if they can establish the run like they did against Alabama, they will be able to to defeat Oregon. I mean, Oregon does have a bend but don't break defense. But I think Ohio State may be a little bit, um, as far as their skill set, a little bit more talented than 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 the Florida State was, and I think they can get into the end zone. I think Oregon, you know, that that up tempo offense, they can definitely, you know, keep you off balance with that, you know, and keep you subbing in and out of the game. And hopefully, I know Urban Meyer is probably prepared for that. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he's he's going to be ready for that. But if they get on top of you, that Oregon team is going to be very difficult. Um, real quick, Chris, who's who's going to win the game, and why are they going to win the game? Well, I think pretty much Ohio State's had a great season. I think the stories the stories that came out there, how they overcame everything, has been great. But that being said, I think Oregon. I think the opposite. I think Oregon just has too many talent. Has too much talent. I think that they're going to jump out early on. I think that offense is going to put a lot of pressure on Cardell Jones to try to make some plays early on to try to catch up. I, I just don't know if he's going to be able to make it. I actually I think uh, Oregon. I think Oregon's going to jump out early. Ohio State's going to make the late run. I think this game might rival 2006, where it's going to be something that keeps you at the edge of your seat. But I think Oregon comes out with a late field goal, 27-24. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it, it's funny because this Ohio State team reminds me of, of the team back in 2001 that beat the Miami Hurricanes in the national championship. I mean, nobody really gave that team a chance. I know I didn't back then. They didn't get that team a chance, and they would pull the game out. They had a call that helped them out just a little bit as well. So, you know, Ohio State's been able to survive a couple of games like that as well. But, Chris, tell everybody where they can find you, Twitter, Facebook. Let us know where people can find you. Oh, sure, definitely. Uh, on Twitter, you can follow me at Chris Franklin CP. You can also find find uh, all of our articles on www.coachandplayer.com. You can also check it out on Facebook as well, too, at Coach and Player. Hey, Chris, first of all, let me again thank you for coming on to the show, man. We appreciate your insight. We'll definitely be look, looking forward to you getting you back on the show again, man, talking some good football. Uh, people, Chris Franklin, Coach and Player Magazine. Dot com. Make sure you get into that. Make sure you follow Chris on Twitter as well, man. You have a great one. We'll be talking, man. Of course, we'll talk on Facebook about this game because I, I definitely want to get your insight. Oh, that's going to be great. Thank you very much for having me, Jeff. Oh, no problem. Hey, listen, this is your man, JT Live, right here on the Monday Morning Quarterback Show on Ranked Top 5 Sports Talk Network, bringing you the hottest sports on the net. You know, really quick before before we get out of here, just want to talk about the game yesterday. I didn't get a chance to talk about the catch. Again, the catch. We had a catch that ended up being a big uh, determinative factor. And a lot of people say Dallas got payback. If you're not a Dallas Cowboy fan, you're loving this stuff. Of course, we know what happened between the Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboy with the phantom, you know, uh, pickup flag for the uh, pass interference against the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Well, 
Des Bryant made the catch. I thought it was a great catch. But did he have possession of the football? Did he follow through with the catch? And we know about that NFL rule. And I don't really know how I feel about that rule because it really hasn't affected the Chicago Bears, which is, is my favorite team. I guess if it happened to my team, I would be upset. But you can only imagine Detroit fans and the uh, Dallas Cowboys fans are just seething right now. And I kind of felt for the Cowboys a little bit yesterday because I said, man, what a great effort by that guy. But it ended up being a, the fact that you got to finish the play. You have to complete the football play. It has to be all the way through. And Dez knows that. And it's been a couple of plays that Dez has really not been able to uh, finish uh, before. But he has to make that play. It's unfortunate. It's an incredible play. And Dez is a talented receiver. They got to pay him, too. They're going to have to pay Dez Bryant. I mean, will they, be, will they pay him what he deserves? I'm curious to see what the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones, uh, what they do with Dez Bryant. Will they franchise him, you know, and, and you know, we'll see what happens. And will any other team, you know, come at, come at Dallas's head, you know, for Dez Bryant. He's a talented guy. You know, he's been with Tony Romo. Tony, Tony Romo, is, this is probably his best year. You know, they, they got over the hump of the first game of the playoffs, and, um, you know, they move forward. I just want to bring that up because I didn't get a chance to talk about that. That was one of the key plays of the playoffs this past weekend. But, hey, again, I want to thank our special guest, Chris Franklin from Coaching Player Magazine, for being on our show today, talking college football. Also, I want to give a big shout-out to uh, the Fry House Sports Show, man. Make sure you check them out right here on Blog Talk Radio. They have a great show, Mike Machane and that whole crew. Hey, I'm your man, JT Live. Again, you can follow us on Twitter at Rank Top 5 Sports. You can also like our page on Facebook, Rank Top 5 Sports Talk. Network. Make sure you check us out this Wednesday evening. We got a special show for you. Right Top Five Sports Chicago, twenty four seven. All Sports Chicago will be getting it in. We have a very last show. I have a few guests in that show as well. So I want to thank everybody for listening to our show. You all have a great week, man. Let's start this week off great, positive. I'm your man JT Live signing off. J twenty. Right Top Five. Blog Talk Sports Radio.